can you be friends with people that you disagree with about really important things? And should you? We discuss this and more on this episode of The Overthinkers. thinking people's thinking people. Welcome to The Overthinkers, home for the creative intellectual. I'm your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, film critic, outgoing homebody. And with me, as always, is my fiendishly funny co-host. Nathan Clarkson, actor, author, filmmaker, and uh, yeah, I'll go with you this time, outgoing homebody. <laughs> yeah. We're both homeschooled. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So we're really good at being home and being friendly. Exactly. Which is why we have a podcast. Exactly. <laughs> we can yeah. be friendly with everyone. From at home, home. Yes. yes, yes. It's brilliant, 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 I tell you. Genius, I say. <laughs> okay, well, so today we're talking about how you can be friends with somebody that you disagree with. But first, if people enjoy this episode, Nathan, where can they go to support us and engage more with us and our Overthinkers community? Well, first, I want to announce something that's pretty big. Super exciting. We are having our first live Overthinkers event. We are partnering wow. with Master Media, which is an awesome organization here in New York City. And we are going to have a mixer for Overthinkers and Creators of Faith right here in New York City. It's going to happen on November 18th at 7 p.m. at the Sheen Center here in New York City. But if you want to go, we need you to RSVP. So if you want to RSVP, please head over to the overthinkersjournal.com. You can find the invite there. You can also find the invite on our private Facebook group, The Overthinkers, where now we have over 1,200 people having fun with memes and discussions and articles. So please join the Private Overthinkers group on Facebook. And if you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review. It helps us so very much, as well as share this with a friend, because we always need more overthinkers among our ranks. Yeah, I agree. I'll just say something like this, that you know, uh, as much as we say we are, you know, uh, friendly homebodies, um, outgoing homebodies, it is one of the amazing things is to have that we have have so many people that are overthinkers like us who enjoy having fun thinking deeply about things. And we've wanted for a long time to get a chance to actually have us all in together in a room because that's important, an important thing too. And so this is very exciting. We're finally able to announce this. Yeah. So we, we really want to see you there. So please have the invite. We would love to see you face to face. And this is going to be so much fun. A bunch of overthinkers, creatives, and people of faith all in one room, hanging yeah. out um, and just talking, getting to know each other. Yeah. So we want to see you there. Awesome. Cool. All right. So ready to get started in the discussion. Let's do it. Fantastic. All right. So Everyone knows there are two things that people say you should not discuss in polite company, religion and politics. And that, <laughs> which is ironically, all the things we love to talk about. <laughs> so um, that's never been more true than it has been today. According to a Yahoo News or YouGov America, uh, Americans are less likely today to have friends of very differing political opinions compared to 2016 by a change like 14 points. 14% less likely today than in 2016 to be able to be friends with people they disagree with. New York Times and NPR articles like families have been torn about by politics, what happens to them now? And dude, I'm done when politics tears families and friendships apart have also profiled this phenomenon. So this whole thing is distressing for a lot of people, whether it's families or friends, because it increases people's social isolation. It also is typically people say bad for the country because it means that we're not able to talk to each other anymore. However, with feelings 
There is, however, the thing is, it goes deeper than politics. There is one person, let me see, look at their name. Uh, Miss Ackley, age 37, said to the New York Times, this is not even a political divide anymore. It's a reality divide. Mm. To the degree where values are at stake and people are saying, can I legitimately be friends with someone I disagree with when it's not just a matter of politics? It's not just a matter of I disagree on how to implement certain values, but instead it becomes an issue of values. So it may be important for people to be able to talk to each other to disagree with, but how can you actually build friendships in that way in you have such different value systems? So Nathan, as we alluded to through our chuckles a moment before, <laughs> we enjoy having discussions about religion and politics and difference of values. We also just enjoy having discussions about things that matter. Do you think it is possible to have discussions with people who disagree with do you think it's important to do that? Can you be friends with people who disagree with? And if you can, how would you go about doing that? Um, no, you shouldn't. <laughs> you well, really like, that's all, folks. Yeah. <laughs> you, you really shouldn't be friends with people who think differently or believe differently than you. That's just bad news. So uh, <laughs> okay. find your bubble, find your tribe. Don't go outside of it. Don't learn and don't empathize with anyone who doesn't think and believe like you. So, so, so is this what they call sarcasm? <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yes. Um, no, I, I think it's vastly, uh, incredibly important to be friends with people who don't believe what you believe and don't think like you think and have different um, uh, opinions and views on politics, religion, family, everything. I think it's really, really important for a few different reasons. Um, and, and just anecdotally, you know, it's interesting that you and I, this is a value that we both hold very strongly. Yeah. You know, we, we stay vague on a lot of things because we, we don't know. We, we want to make sure that we understand things before we come to hard and fast conclusions. But one thing we do vehemently agree on is that you should be friends with people, be connected to people, and even love people who think differently than you, who believe differently than you, because at the heart of it, they are humans and there's something to learn there. There's also something to love there regardless of what they believe. Yeah. And this, I think, is an increasingly controversial opinion. You you know, I, I told you before we started the show that a lot of times I tell people that I have friends from every side of every spectrum, uh, be it political, be it uh, religious, be it social, be it whatever it is. I have a lot of friends who believe a lot of different things. And that's something I'm very proud of. And that's something I really enjoy in my life. And but it's also funny, though, that when I tell people this, a lot of times I either get strange looks or even sometimes I get um I don't know what the word is, punishment almost. Like, right. why would you be friends with the enemy? Why would you be friends with someone who doesn't believe or think like you? That, and, and like you pointed out, and your response was, well, if it's war, you shouldn't be yeah. friends with the enemy. And I think nowadays we see everything is war. Good God, y'all. And there's a lot of different facets as to why that is. I think social media can play a big uh, role into why everything is so divisive. I think there are politicians. I think yeah. there's news channels. I think there's a lot of reasons why everything is so divisive and we see it as war, which is a reason we can't be friends. But I think um, ultimately we have to fight that instinct because I, again, I'll go back to, I think it's really valuable to be fr friends with people who disagree and believe different things about you. By the way, everyone you know thinks and believes something eventually different yeah. than you. Um, and I would say even something big. I don't think I have a friend who believes everything I do, but I, I'll say a few reasons why I think this is yeah, important and why I think it's good. Um, one, I have found that if I look at myself 10, 15 years ago, I believe vastly different things than I do now. 
And that came as a result of having friends who could show, teach, and educate me on things I didn't know. So I had hard and fast beliefs about things I knew very little about. And because Mm -hmm. I was open enough to be friends with who saw the world differently than I did, I actually learned and gained insight into the world um, and topics that I never had. So be friends with people who believe differently than you because they just might have something to teach you. You might be wrong and they might be right. (laughs) And I think that is a, a central part about being human. And as a Christian, that's something we're called to to be humble, even in yeah. things we believe uh, in strongly because we are human. Right. We have very limited perspective and we are fallible. Yeah. And so you have to hold that and, any, and everything yeah. you believe very loosely so you can learn. And a lot of the things, it's not even that I changed, it's that I grew in a, yeah. and I had new understandings. No, your, 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 your knowledge was partly based on your individual experience. Exactly. And your, your beliefs grew to expand and include other people's experiences. Well, and that's well my number own. two is be friends with people because they have different experiences than you and i have a very limited experience um and from that i can speak and i can and i can um speak from authority on the experience i've had but there's a lot of experiences to have in the world and there's a lot of things it goes back to the having uh friends uh with people uh, because i can teach you things but and then i say number three one of the best reasons to be friends with people who believe differently than you has nothing to do with the actual beliefs or political Mm. alignments oh this is good i think because They're people created in the image of God who are ultimately at their very core, um, beautiful, uh, valuable humans and everyone uh, in them bears the image of God. And that means they are valuable uh, and have something to teach, to learn and to just, there's a beauty in friendship and, and yeah. connecting with them. Uh, that wasn't very eloquent, but I think you know what I'm getting it, at. It touches uh, there's, there's, it touched <laughs> there's value in, in friendships with people for the mere fact that they are created by God in the image of God. Okay, cool. So I'm going to push back a little bit on that. Um, because, no. Yes. <laughs> We're not friends anymore. <laughs> you and I are enemies now. Because... So what, what I hear oftentimes a response to that is that that's a, a rather privileged position hmm. because you I can be, you can disagree, be friends with someone to disagree with because their views and their values are not going to directly harm you uh, in a particular yeah. way. So it's, you know, all very well enough for us to, you know, discuss the merits of feminism, let's say pros and cons, but for somebody who you know, sexism is going to play a very important part mm. of their life. It's like, okay, no, the things that you're discussing academically or that are not a big deal to you are actually going to prevent me from getting the job I want, are going to change. And the perpetuation of this idea, this is sort of um, the, the book, Antifa's Handbook, who talked about sort of the philosophy of Antifa movement, which one of the things that they do is they uh, go around and try to disrupt people who are protesting and so that they can't protest. Um, but one of the reasons is that, look, you cannot allow certain you know, speech or certain ideas to exist because mm. those are influence people to behave in ways that are violence. So certain ideas, if they are allowed to continue to exist, will okay. lead to violence. And so then by you being friends with them, you are allowing, and allowing. and allowing and accommodating something that is going to directly lead to violence. And so that is something that then makes you an accomplice to wow. the perpetuation of that violence. Well, I do have a response. And, and I want to say this again, humbly, I understand that idea. And I, by the way, I've heard this idea both on the right and the left, Christian and atheist. Yep, yep. This is not exclusive to a political party. No, 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 no. Not Don't be friends with the enemy because then you're allowing and emboldening. Yeah. You know, I, that was something I've heard in, in really um, stringent moralistic churches. Yep. Don't be friends with sinners because yep. then you're, you're, uh, applauding their exactly, sin. Yes. And I've heard this and I understand the, the fact that Jesus literally sat with sinners, but <laughs> well, well, exactly. And I, and I, I think the logic is flawed. 
Sure. Okay. And I'll tell you yep. why on, on two, I think it's philosophically flawed. And I think it's also scientifically flawed. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you've brought up one of the points I'm going to make here. Um, philosophically, and just anecdotally speaking, I have found that the people in the, the, the conduits to my biggest mental and philosophical spiritual changes in my life. Um, yes, of course, some have come through study and, you know, movies and meeting all this, but the, the ones that yeah. have really taken the most root and changed with the most, the quickest have been through relationships. Yeah. So I have found that when I am friends with somebody, I'm so much more likely to hear what they're saying. Yeah. So I would encourage anyone who thinks don't be friends with the enemy. If you actually want them to change, be their friend. Yeah. There's a great story and you can, oh, yeah. you can find, um, uh, I think, I know what you're talking I about. think the whole documentary amazing. about yeah. it, um, but there's a, a black man who made it his whole life's goal to fight the KKK and the white supremacists. And the way he did this was absolutely amazing. He befriended them. Yeah. He would literally go and hang out with them, get beers with them, talk with them. And they would be saying incredibly racist, ignorant, hurtful, demeaning, awful things to him. And he stayed there and he chose to be friends with them. And ultimately his doing this, I can't remember the exact statistic, but he has caused more people to leave the white supremacist movement than any other person or organization. And it came out of relationship. Yeah. I, I understand that this is a nuanced issue. No, you shouldn't embolden, befriend, yeah. violent, uh, criminal, awful, right. hateful, yeah. racist, uh, whatever it might be, uh, sexist people. But at the same time, I do think that befriending people, even if you have an agenda to want to change, uh, change them, befriending is about the most powerful way you can change them. And psychology backs this up yeah. uh, in a lot of different ways, but I'll let you jump off on that. Sure. So I'll, I'll say a couple of things that I, 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 for, I, for the most part, I agree with you a lot. There, one of the things that, um, that uh, you note is first of all, that, you know, I will say if we're not saying that if you of course have a traumatic, you know, experience no, 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 no. that's like, you are obligated to be friends no, with somebody. Who absolutely triggers you. not. Yes. No. So like, that's the thing. So like, if, if you're, if, if this is something particularly triggering for you, we're not saying you have a moral obligation no, to be friends with somebody not. like that. No, what we are saying is that the moral imperative to not be friends with somebody, if that is something you are capable of doing yes. is problematic and wrongly psychological because it's saying okay and ultimately just, detrimental to, you, to your desired problem. ends exactly yes so i'll say is that one other thing another thing is that was it the um war in common project another thing is that you don't actually understand the people you disagree with or what you disagree with on usually unless you're friends with them there is a um an article there was a study came out from the more in common project that found that the more that there's a lot of aspects to the study, but one of the things that they found that the people who had the most accurate view of their um, of of the people they disagreed with were people who had friends with people that they disagreed with. Yes. So the thing is, if you don't have friends with people who you disagree with on politics or religion or whatever this, then you don't actually understand who you're not agreeing with. Yes. And so that's and and that's just good for like your own thought and your own views and own opinions. So that's that's one aspect of it. Um, the other aspect is that what disturbs people, me is the shrinking of the Overton window. Which, of, what is the Overton window? Okay, yes. Yeah, so the Overton window is the, um, what you call it, the range of acceptable discourse before mm. you're kicked out of the tribe. And before, so it's like, okay, it, you know, 
it's like we both could say perhaps like okay there's a line where it's like if this person maybe you know has x or y views hmm. maybe it's better to not view like we had this discussion with like how so you can disagree with me to this degree but outside of this we're not gonna maybe talk. maybe so like you know there's 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 something you can say about that like for, for example maybe even it's less disagreeing because we had this discussion about like you know um how i met your mother where it's like are the people there who are you know friends with barney you know, mm-hmm. are they are they um, complicit in his, you know, using Sexism and abusing of women yeah. and kind of like, you know, deceiving them into going out with him, you know, if because of lying to them, you know, are they complicit in that because they continue to be his friend, even, even though, though they disapprove of it, even though they disapprove of it, are they complicit in something? Maybe you can say, hey, at a certain point, Barney, you have to change your behavior. We're not going to be your friend anymore. So like there's 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 something there. But the thing is that you see these articles like that that's shrinking so much Mm. where it's like, okay, people are saying, no, even if you disagree with me on a slight thing, then we cannot be friends. friends. And again, that's like, you know, I come from a time where it's like, okay, people who were pro-life and pro-choice could be friends with each other. And that is literally a situation where one side thinks the other side is murdering Murdering children. And the other person literally thinks they're trying to control women's bodies. steal women's rights. And those people can still be friends with each other, even though the stakes are that high. Yeah, in the old days. In the old days, yes. And so it's like, and so the fact that we're not learning to actually do that, we're losing that ability to do On subjects much smaller than that. Much smaller than that, I think is problematic. Again, it's like, you know, we both grew up as people of faith. It's like, you know, and, you know, having, you have to be able to, we were taught, like, you have to be friends with people who are atheists, yes. with other religions. You have to respect those people because, you know, it's, it's one of the things there, there's, there's some interesting aspects to this. Um, Business Insider did publish a study while back about like, you know, liberals versus conservatives, how they're sort of wired to think differently. Hmm. One of the things Jonathan that did a lot of work Jonathan Haidt has also done a lot of work on that. And one of the things they point out is that a lot of times the views that we have of the world are are built partly on how our brain is wired. Hmm. And so the thing is, and whether you're a Christian, you believe that everybody's created by God, as it, or you believe that you know it's everything is purely done through evolution, and therefore you know that people don't exist in this way unless that there is a reason for it. Well, and we talked about this in the um, psychopath episode. Yes, how even the worst things that someone does came out of an actual reason. Yes. Nothing exists in the vacuum. I remember my therapist once telling me um, when I was having a really hard time forgiving and being friends with somebody, yeah. he said, everything anyone does, even a psychopath, um, he didn't say justified, no. but he said can be understood with full context. Yeah. And so I think that's something we're not offering each other either at this right. moment in time. No, as I think, again, like I, I have... You know, learn. I would say I, I echo it. Like I have learned because I've been friends with people who disagree with me on you know politics. I've actually expanded and learned to empathize with more people. I've changed my views to include more people into it, and it's also you know it's made my life richer because I'm able to see more of what's beautiful in the world. Um, it has then also uh, it's it's helped. It, it, yeah, it, it's made it's made my life better by doing those things. Yes. It helped me to understand God and understand other people and love more people better. Now, the the question then becomes: so if there, well, so is there a line hmm. where you would not be friends with somebody um, based on what they believed, or or hmm. is it more of a behavior thing where it's not on beliefs but it's on behavior? Oh, that's interesting. The second thing uh, I would say is that um, you know if I mean, I'll also, I'll also say, like, another thing is, again, 
the society again it's like if you if you can't be friends with people you disagree with so you don't understand them well you're not able to love people you're also not able to live together you know yeah in society um but i say okay so what are ways to actually do this like what what if what has been yeah. made it something that you could do it one one of the things i have found is and there's a few aspects to learning how to be friends with someone who thinks differently than me that yeah. I have found serving have been particularly helpful. Um, one is being honest about what I believe, hmm. yeah. not feeling the need because I think there's resentment that grows when you feel like you have to hide yeah. what you yeah. think or believe, and um, and you know I, I can't really be my whole self, and you go home and resent them, you yeah. end up hating them because you can't even be honest about yourself. So I have learned to. As much as possible, as long as it's not, you know, going to offend or, or you know, cause a, a public rift, um, to just be honest about what I think about things yeah. and what I feel. Um, and I found that the more honest I am, the more able, I'm, the more able we are to have discussions yeah. and actually connect. That's a really good point. Uh, number two is remember that this person is human, yeah, uh, just like you. And I think right now we are kind of in this crisis, and and psychologically, I'd be interested to see a study on this, where we believe that people who think differently than us, either religiously and especially politically, right now, we almost see them as a different breed of people. Yeah, like they're not fully human; they're idiots. And you see these words thrown around in the articles: idiots, stupid. Yeah. Uh, whatever it might be, they're dehumanizing words. Remember that the person across from you who disagrees with you is a human. And remember that they believe what they believe. We alluded to this for a reason, yeah. whether that's their past, probably their past, their past, their life, their family, their upbringing, whatever it is. And number three, um, remember that if you want to change them, um, you have to be uh, willing to be their friend and willing to listen to where they're coming from. What I see often is just, conversations being shut down immediately. And I mean, on both sides and oh, yeah. every side, just shut down immediately. No, you're wrong. And it's immediate contempt. And rather than mm -hmm. having what Jesus literally called us to is empathy and sympathy. Um, and then, uh, and then you can create that connection and hopefully change them. And then the, 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 the last thing I'd say is draw boundaries. Yeah. Draw boundaries. And, and that's um, something that's been important for me, especially with being uh, friends, people disagree with me, say, that's not something I'm going to participate in. Yeah. If it's something that really goes or, or, and be willing to be honest too, uh, not only about your beliefs, but their beliefs say, you know, that's wrong. Yeah. That's, that's immoral. That's destructive. That's this, but do it in a loving way. Yeah. So it's not about lying. It's not about hiding. And it's not about just cutting people off. It's about engaging. It's about talking, but it's also about being honest and drawing those boundaries for me anyway. I, I think no, those are really good things. I think that um, a lot of times that, and this is really a great thing for you. If you are considering not being friends with someone because um, you feel, because you disagree with them. Yeah. This is an intro, a really cool experiment to try. Maybe because you have not allowed yourself to be honest with them. Try just mm. being honest with them because the worst that can happen is they don't want to be friends with you anymore. Yeah. And you're in a non-reactive emotional yeah. way. So they say something you disagree with and say, I think that's really wrong. Yeah. I still like you as a person. You're still made in the image of God, but you're wrong. Yeah. And the worst that can happen again is they don't want to be friends with you anymore. And if you're considering not having been friends with them anyway, because of that, you've really lost nothing. I have found that most people, they will be the ones to choose to not be friends with them. Exactly. Me. Yes. So I, I, you know, the thing is, should I be friends? I rarely have had to make that decision because most people, when I'm honest about what I believe and still willing to have a relationship with them, they're the ones to make the decision yeah. to exit this. So it's like, it's you. So, as you know, as somebody who is either Christian or just wants to be a a, a person worthy of that kind of respect, um, 
and to do good that way, making it a goal to have the other person be the person cutting off the relationship over beliefs is not, not always, but many times isn't actually a really positive thing. Well, here's a good example. And I want to find a, I want to find a kind of a practical way to look at this Please, like, yeah. a, a object lesson. And the way to do this, I'm trying to think, what is something that we all agree on every spectrum is bad, uh, political, religious, all this. And, and so I, I get, let's go to an extreme, like, um, like, uh, drug abuse right? right sure so let's i think most of us can agree with that let's say you have i a am really in favor of drug abuse yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but i know that i'm the outlier so go ahead that's going to be the quote <laughs> yeah, that exactly. makes us famous <laughs> yes. Yes. um but so let's say there's you have a friend and they are very much in favor and practicing well this is really good on all sides of things you talk about go ahead drugs and, yes. and and supporting it and and using it and doing it with other people and coercing other people to do it my question would be, all right, so what do we do in this situation? Do you pretend that drugs are fine when you're around them and be like, oh, this is, you know, that's a different way of life, whatever. Or you pretend that you even like them when you no, lie no. about it. No, you say, hey, man, woman, I like you. We're friends. Hang out. This is killing you. Yeah. And this is killing the people you are roping into this lifestyle. Yeah. And I'm wondering, and again, it goes back to that, but I think the most effective way to actually get them to stop was to be friends with them yeah. and to continue talking to them. Continue, but you also can be completely honest and saying, this is wrong. No, I'm not going to do drugs with you. No, I'm, in fact, I'm against that. And I think you should stop. And I think anyone else around you should stop, but you're still valuable. And I'd still like to be friends with you. They might choose to exit that relationship because you have taken that stance. Yes. Um, Particularly as you set boundaries, like, no, I'm not going to give you money for this. Yes. You know, if I'm, you know, if there's somebody else there, I'm going to convince them, try to convince them, don't, you should not do this. Do this. Not yes. do this. It's like, if they will probably be the ones to exit that relationship. Yes. Which sat, might be sad because that might be, keep them from actually being changed. Yes. But, but ultimately, um, if you are honest and you stick to your, uh, your values, then ultimately I think the, the person that has the greatest chance of changing here is the person who's in relationship. I think this is an interesting aspect because this is something that people don't often bring up. They bring up the political polarization, but there's one thing that in terms of generational changes, uh, millennials and Gen Z um, uh, are, uh, there's an article about this written by a while back uh, by uh, uh, Lydia Moynihan, um, that millennials and Gen Z tend to be less um, okay with confrontation than mm. previous generations. And so it may be that the very issue, the issue is not that people are not capable of being friends with people disagree with as much anymore. It's that they really don't want to be friends with people that they might have to confront. Interesting. So they don't want that emotional burden of it. Exactly. Um, and so you'd much rather just not mm. be friends with somebody in that way. But that is an unhealthy thing. It is unhealthy, but I do understand it because I, I had, it, during the pandemic, I hit a place where I had to stop looking at the news because that oh, sure. upset me too much. Yes. And the, and the, the divisiveness, the all this it upset me so I can understand not wanting to be with friends with someone, not even because you hate them, just because you don't want to have to engage in yes. that emotionally exhausting yes. um, conversation. Right. And, and that's, I think, well, so this is the thing I'll, I'll also say. So I, it's not I, healthy. Like you no, it's, yeah, it's not healthy. It's not healthy. This is the thing I was to say is that, you know, for, for me, like where I draw the line is like, okay, drawing a line is, uh, and this is sort of broadening to not even just controversial topics, but relationships in general, because these are sort of the, some of the underlying principles that I have that, 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 that drive it for me is first of all, if do, if do they want me, do they want me to engage in mm. the material myself or are they, are they doing something that I have to watch them do and by watching them do and not stopping them from doing it, mm. I am, you know, an accomplice. I'm like, you know, legally, I'm an accomplice to, you know, what's yeah. going on. Is like, 
okay, so if, if not, then then there's you know, but but oftentimes even like even the emotional level, like there's certain people I've I've had relationships with where they would they would say something that they believed that I disagreed with, and they would sort of you know kind of try to manipulate me into saying something mm. that gave tacit agreement to it. Ah. It's like they would like talk about a friend that I liked that they didn't like and try to get me to agree with them on something like that. So there's something like with things like that, that would always, I can't be friends with this person. Well, see, this demands agreement. Well, so I'll say one other thing. Yeah. The other thing is, this is the thing that's difficult to say. If you have, like I had certain friends where I, you know, uh, this is sort of a, a pithy example, but like they didn't really respect the amount of time that I spent on, you know, the podcast and my creative pursuits and things like that. And so whenever they came around and were saying like, hey, you know, uh, it's like, what have you been doing? It's like, mm. well, I've been spending a good deal of time on my podcast, my creative pursuits. Yeah. That's been focused. And so when they didn't respect the things that were taking up most of my headspace, most of my mm. values, that became something that was difficult to be friends with them yes. about. And so I think you brought up the whole thing of contempt. That's interesting because um, I think it's, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting his name, Arthur Brooks who's uh, got a podcast now, he's a writer on happiness and political polarization. He also wrote Love Your Enemy, said that the thing that's actually killing people and people in the country's ability to talk to each other is not anger or hate, it's contempt. Hmm. And so I think that those two things like of, of the boundaries of like, oh, they want me to participate in it or agree with them or they can't be friends. And then the contempt for the things that actually make my life beautiful are the two things that are really make it difficult to be friends. Well, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add to this because I've been a little bit vague when it's what well, should be friends when people disagree with that, I keep on saying yes. And I truly believe this is good and you should try, but I do believe you're right. There is a point at which you say this is unhealthy for me. Right. And this isn't good for me to be. And that takes some self-introspection and understanding and, yeah. and exploration. But I think this is also biblical, too, because you have yes. Jesus who says, turn the other cheek, love your enemy. Yeah. Um, but there's a great quote by Rob Bell, who in and of himself is incredibly <laughs> yes. divisive. So if you stop listening to this podcast because I'm quoting Rob Bell, no, oh well, that's, well, that's you, on you. You have not learned anything yes. from this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but he said, sometimes you have to love, because you, we are always called to love your enemies, but sometimes we have to love people from afar. Okay. Yeah. And and I think that is the stance that I have learned. Okay. Yeah. Um, that sometimes, that I'm never not allowed to love someone. Yeah. Not, I'm never allowed to not love someone who disagrees with me who thinks differently even people who have hurt me i'm not talking about a cheesy affectionate emotional i'm talking about choosing to want their best and not hate them and not get drowned in contempt and anger but choosing to believe and see their humanity and the image of god on them and so i always love the quote and i have it used in my life that you can always love you're always called to love someone sometimes you have to love from afar and you even see this and then one more thing i'd say to in in deciphering what relationship to stay in and out of yep. with people who disagree with you. Um, and we talked about the more, if you believe that someone is doing something immoral and destructive, Paul gives a really great, Ooh, um, St. Paul gives a really great kind of um, uh, procedure. And this is for the whole church, but I also use it personally too. Yeah. Um, that when someone is doing something destructive, uh, bad, don't immediately in the relationship. Yeah. Uh, and obviously if there's abuse happening, run. Yeah, get out of there. Um, but I'm talking about just generally some believes and acts in, in destructive ways, especially to themselves. Don't mean to just run away. Paul says, <laughs> go to them once by yourself and say, this is wrong. This is hurting you. And because I care about you, I'm coming and telling you to stop this. I, yeah. I, I want you to stop this. And then if that doesn't work, you go back with friends and yeah. people. And again, he says friends who care about this person. Yeah. Um, and you say, 
again, you try to say, this is wrong. We care about you. We want this to stop. And I think this is hurting you. Stop. And if they, uh, you know, this behavior that's, that's resulting out of your disagreements or whatever. And if they don't, he said, at that point, you say, okay, we can't be friends anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not about not loving them, but it's about choosing to do the thing that's uh, most healthy for you. So I do think that on the end of this episode, we do need to talk about sometimes you do have to step back yes, and, absolutely. and you have to learn that idea of, I will choose to love this person, want their best, but I need to do this from afar. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's not healthy. For so me see, to be I connected. think, you know, for, for me, like the criteria are, do you have actually enough in common where you can actually build a friendship off mm, of? Mm-hmm. It's like, again, like, are, do you have contempt for the way typically what I mostly do in my life? Yeah. You know, it's like for how I spend most of my time. Well, we're not going to have much to talk about at that point. Yeah. Do are you, there, I'm going to add one thing. Are there things that are off limits for you to talk about? Because if you did, you couldn't be friends. Yeah. If there are, that will make it really hard. Yes, exactly. Well, and the thing is like, there are certain times people say like, oh, like just don't talk about religion or politics. It's sort of like the things like there's certain, maybe don't talk about certain things and that's fine. But how big is that spectrum? It's like, are there a couple of things you just don't talk about or is it, it doesn't become everything. Yeah. So that's one aspect. Do they try to like manipulate you into being, into agreeing with them or to being complicit in the things you disagree with? And do you find that's affecting you? And you find negatively. it negatively. Yes. yes. Like, you know, it's like, okay, that's, you know, now those are things are, do they actually try to make you complicit in a real way? with things that you think are wrong, yes. you know, and, or just by being friends with them, by not like, you know, reporting them to the police, you know, yeah, an extreme yeah, yeah. example, or by just whatever it is, do you find yourself complicit in the things they're doing? Yes. And it's like, yeah. But the thing is, I think what we say is that the cost of not being friends with people, anyone who disagrees with you, um, and in big things, important things, like we gave the example of pro-choice versus pro-life. It's like, look, you still should be friends if you can, the cost of not being friends with the kind of people is so high. Trying the different ways. Yes. What are ways you can try? Is like, is the reason that you're not being friends with them because it's really actually harmful for you and for them? Or is it because you don't want to actually confront and actually do the hard thing? Yeah. And as we, as we wrap up here, yeah. I'm what I'm thinking is, because we went through this, we said, try to be friends with somebody. And if you need to step back because of these things do, I think people are starting at the extreme. At, at the extreme yeah. rather than, allowing themselves to get there. Yeah, I would encourage. And so I think what we're both saying, I hope um, I'm, I'm summing this up uh, with something you can agree with. Um, <laughs> but that we'll see. It doesn't try, happen often. Yeah, we'll hear. <laughs> try to be friends with people who disagree with you because one, you might learn something. Two, they might learn something. Three, they are made in the image of God and worthy of love and value. And you might laugh the same jokes. Um, but if you find it impossible to be honest, if you find yourself um, having negative uh, ramifications as a result of being in this relationship, um, and you need to, to draw a boundary, even that boundary is walking yeah. away from the friendship, um, these these are the ways how and when to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And so our ultimate goal is we want more connection. I, I want more connection. I want yes. people to try to see past what they, what they think about other people. I want more friendship. I want more connection, less division. But I do understand that sometimes they have to walk away but again, I'll say this, and this is as a Christian, we are never, we are always called to yeah. love people, but sometimes we have to do that from afar. I would say, I will, I will say just, just add, you know, it, whatever you believe, it has to include the fact that it was good and wonderful that Jesus came and died for people who were his enemies. All of us. He All died us. for everyone, every person you hate. And it has to include, like you brought up the man who befriended members of the KKK you know, mm. in order to love them and to change them. It has to include that as a positive good. Um, whatever your beliefs are on when should you be friends or not, it has to include the fact that he did this 
And it was a mm. good and beautiful thing. Not that everybody has to, but that is a good and beautiful thing to yeah. do that. All right. Awesome. So I think that that sounds, uh, that's a good place to stop for now. Cool. Now let's move on to the fun part. Yes. Let, where we get to tell you what we think about art and movies and culture and all those things and recommend some, bless, or tell you to stay away from a curse. So our blesses and curses of the week. So do you have any off the top of your head or? Uh, <laughs> no. Okay, cool. So I will go. I have some really. I, okay, you, you go first. Yeah, I'll go. I have some really uh, pretty easy ones, I think, but um, ones that are favorites of mine, favorites and disfavorites. I'm going to recommend the um, movie Eye in the Sky um, because okay. that is a movie. It's a th- political thriller about um, you know, a joint U.S.-British uh, drone uh, uh, um, operation in a foreign country that they uh, discover that they're going to have to make a choice that a bunch of terrorists are going to are putting on uh, certain bombs to try to bomb someplace, and they can stop it with an airstrike, but... If they do, they might also kill an innocent girl. Oh, wow. Bomb. Okay. And so the thing that I like about this movie is that it does an amazing job of showing both sides, all sides of this very intense, life-threatening political uh, question, political debate, and not just a real-life debate. And it's one of the only movies I've seen, really, that does respect all the different sides of something like this, it's a really important discussion mm. of when is it okay to do to you know take action like this, or when is it not? Is it ever? I was like, and it really, I think it's it. I've had amazing discussions with friends afterwards about it. It gave us time to say, is it ever okay to do something like this? So the amount of empathy for people who disagree with each other within the story. So the writer was able to have empathy for people who um, disagreed with each other within the story, and empathy built for people who might disagree with each other on politics, mm, on war, on okay. all these things, on, on um, issues of morality, and have discussions about that afterwards. I think that as artists, it's ma- it's wonderful when we're able to encourage that kind of empathy of disagreement. And it's one of the few movies I think that does that really, really well uh, that I've seen. Um, uh, so then in terms of curses, I'm going to do movies that don't do this well, okay. that, that basically say, you know, uh, that that don't build empathy toward of disagreement. And I've, I've cursed, uh, I think one of these before, uh, at least, um, Vice, uh, that's, which is a movie by Adam McKay okay. about, uh, about um, uh, Vice President Dick Cheney. And just Adam McKay, again, I love Adam McKay because of his mix of humor and satire and serious satire, but he's just, he really, he has contempt for people who disagree with him. And so, and that comes through in his work. And it, it, we talked about, you know, the fact that contempt doesn't just make it so that he's, you know, doesn't have empathy. It makes it so he doesn't actually understand the people he's satirizing. And ah, so okay. that it makes a satire weaker because he does not able to accurately lampoon them. And so I think that that's a weak. Now, of course, lest you think I'm picking on one side of the aisle, my other curse is going to be uh, God's Not Dead 4. Oh, I was going to use that one. God's Not Dead 4. Oh, okay. Well, I can still use one. You can use, yes. Okay. Well, we can curse the entire God's Not Dead franchise. <laughs> but hey, 3 wasn't bad. You're right. 3 was not bad. Um, but uh, God's Not Dead 4 is very specifically, it's very specifically political. It's really sad because it is, I mean, there's so many things wrong with it. But it's people actually trying to do an Aaron Sorkin movie without having okay. the writing, writing ability of Aaron Sorkin. But again, it's the same thing of like misinterpreting people you disagree with, caricaturizing them, demonizing them. Even if, again, you can do a story. I don't mind you doing a story about like, here's why homeschooling is great and why we stand up for, you know, religious and political freedom and stuff like that. You can do that movie, but don't like 
inaccurately portrayed. Characterized. Yeah. yeah. It's like, no, that you're like, oh, this is what the people on the other side think. No, it's not what they think. What they think can be bad enough, but like, don't actually mischaracterize it. Because again, you make it impossible to love and understand other people when you portray them that way. So that's just like, like these, you know, Gazatet 4 and Vice have a lot of the same problems. <laughs> so that's so like, those would be my blessings and curses on this topic. Okay, so I, I'm, I'm really torn about what to bless here. Okay. And one of my blessings was almost my curse just because I was tempted to think, oh, everyone hates it, so I should curse this. Um, but I actually liked it. Now, granted, I haven't seen this in a long time. I saw it when it first came <laughs> out and it won Oscars and then everyone hated it. Um, but it's essentially, it's a movie about like, 10 different stories going on oh. and there's all sorts of different oh um, interesting i've never seen it races belief cultures uh all these different narratives happening and so it gives context to all these different kind of people and ways of life and thinking and it shows you how they're each tied why they each act the way they do why they each um do what they do and it and it to me is a really interesting creative way to give all sorts of different perspectives and people context and and ultimately show their common humanity underneath everything mm. but the movie is called crash yes <laughs> and everyone hates it yes. but i really liked it when i first saw it okay so but um if if that's wrong and i get canceled for liking crash then i guess uh, i will die on that hill <laughs> i will go with a much um a much more uh uh safe okay. bless just forget that other bless yeah, okay, if, sure. if, if that will uh, be a bad one for yeah, everyone right. hates because of that um it's gonna be monsters inc because oh, sure. yeah. monsters inc is a great picture of people misunderstanding each other yeah. and caricaturizing each other yeah. to the extent where they demonize yeah. um, this whole other thing. Now I get it. These monsters, while they're nice, are still popping into kids' bedrooms and, yes. and scaring them and stuff. But I think it's a beautiful little story that shows well, you also, oh. he, he doesn't have to justify it, but you understand why. Again, it's a nine to five job for them. Yeah, it's, it's a nine to five. This is how, they how their live. whole economic system is set up. Yeah. And they do eventually, well, spoilers, they do change and stop doing that. Well, eventually. and it happens as a result yes. of a, a relationship, a, yes. a connection, because little Boo goes through and she befriends a monster, which actually changes their behavior yeah. Yeah. and stops them from scaring kids. And it sounds trite, but I think it's actually a beautiful message to say that this little girl who makes a connection with these monsters, what yeah. a, first of all, what a beautiful juxtaposition of this big, scary monster and a teeny little yeah. girl. Um, and the emotional connection and yeah. relationship they forge is actually the thing that causes the entire system of monsters yeah. to change the way they act. That's wonderful. And I think it's a beautiful, and she can't even speak. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and I think it's a really beautiful um, image. And so I just love yeah. Monsters Inc. I'm trying to think of something to curse, and I'm sure there's like really, um, you know, worthy things. So, but in lieu of that, and it's going to have to go with God's Not Dead. <laughs> I'm really sorry. But it's okay. it just the way they caricaturize, you know, it's, it's written from a Christian perspective. I'm a Christian and I'm going the way you write atheists and people who don't believe in Christianity is so demeaning. Yeah. And it basically makes anyone who's not a Christian um, or doesn't become not a Christian, only Christian, but a certain political um, uh, side of Christian. They're evil, yeah. abusive, and um, they have to die. Yeah, literally, they have to die. And of course, the reason we know it's an inaccurate picture is because we have actually we actually friends. have atheist friends who are kind, yes. loving, generous. Sometimes even more kind, loving, generous than some of my Christian yeah. friends. So, um, and that's really sad and hard to say, <laughs> but it's true. But yeah, so I I don't like movies left, right, Christian, atheist, 
that caricaturized the other side. And that was such a blatant view. Yeah. And it was so popular among so many Christians. Yeah. That's why I'm picking on this one. Yeah. There's a lot of movies that do it that no one really cares about. But this one was so popular among, yeah. quote unquote, my tribe that yeah. I really disappointed me because I'm going, no, they're caricaturizing and demonizing the yeah. opposite side rather than connecting with loving and understanding them. So uh, that's my curse. Cool. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Sounds good. I'm sure we're going to get a lot of hate mail for all of these extremely <laughs> I think, controversial. I think the crash like, one is going to get is what's going to get. You yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Shouldn't have blessed that. You know what? On second thought, I curse. <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope, nope. It's on record. It's on tape. <laughs> By the way, I do want to say real quick, Joseph and I, we disagree about things. Yes, we do. And we still are able to have a friendship in a podcast. Yeah. We disagree on big things even. Yeah. And we're still able to have a friendship in a podcast. Maybe we should choose topics where we disagree more so people can believe that. <laughs> yes. Well, we'll work on We'll, we'll make a list of, of those controversial, controversial things. things. Yeah. yeah. All we'll right, talk cool. about inerrancy at some yeah. point. Yeah. We'll get in a huge, oh, that's right. <laughs> yes. We'll get in a huge fight. Death yeah. Death Hell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. All these yeah. things. Yeah. Preview for, uh, for next year. Yes. Yeah. Next season. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, very cool. So if, uh, thank you very much for joining. Hope if you have um, uh, ways, things, ways you think were wrong or other parts of your story, stories about how you had to cut off a relationship or story and what, when that was for you or stories of actually having friendship with people disagree, please send us an email, send us a message at overthinkersjournal.com. We would love the to hear. TheOverthinkersJournal.com. <laughs> we're, we're two years into this and still we came over our website. TheOverthinkersJournal.com, I think. Yes. <laughs> I believe. This will look it up. It's yeah. we'll after. <laughs> Try both if it doesn't work. Yes. Um, and uh, uh, if you want to get in touch, if you want to get in touch with us directly, uh, Nathan, where can people get in touch with you? Uh, they can go to my website, NathanClarkson.me, or search my name, Nathan Clarkson, on any of the socials. Cool. You can find me on any of the socials that as well, or me at JosephHolmesStudios.com. Well, thank you very much again for joining. And please join us in New York City if you are around or if you like to play, pay for a plane ticket uh, to come to us to see our, our uh, live event, our mixer uh, on November 18th. Uh, find the Eventbrite. Where is actually Eventbrite going to be? Or the uh, It'll be on the overthinkersjournal.com and we'll be posting it on the private Facebook group. Yes, by any of those places. Thank you very much. Love to see you there. Regardless, thank you very much for joining. And remember, if it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about. Thank you.